welcome to the Truth Be Told podcast. I am Marta Brummel, and by trade and training, I am a certified life coach with a psychology degree from the University of Notre Dame and a master's in clinical social work from the University of Michigan. I'm the mother of four children. I'm married to Craig Brummel, my favorite human, and I am the CEO of a private life coaching practice for young adults and parents. So the whole idea behind this podcast and these conversations is to learn how to navigate this human journey from the inside out by building a life skill set that allows each one of us to engage with this grand life adventure from a place of health, wellness, and confidence, and to create something beautiful by weaving in meaning and purpose along the way. I'm so glad you're here. Well, hello, dear ones, and welcome to episode number 12, Loving Yourself. As always, good to be here. I just want to give a heads up that I'm not feeling so well. Really, it's just more a scratchy throat that I have going on here. And so I have cough drops at my disposal, but I apologize up front for any coughing jags or long pauses. coughs, whatever may be. I just uh, wanted to make sure I got this episode out today and uh, kicking off this week. I thought what a better way to do this than to be with all of you and talk about a topic that I think is so very important. I was asked recently by a client of mine how I learned to be in relationship with myself and truly love me. And it gave me pause because, well, initially I I think this relationship with myself is one that has been and is and will always be under construction. But that being said, I also think it's evolved significantly over the years, especially in the last 10 or so. And I believe that this shift has been informed by an increase in my own conscious awareness, my understanding of how my brain works and digging more into my earlier conditioning from when I was growing up to understand my default programming, kind of my automatic pilot from where I'm coming, why I lean as I lean, understanding those tendencies and leanings and then working with them, softening where I'd like and just choosing how best to show up in this life and in this world from a place that I I actively am choosing versus doing without having any awareness of why or, frankly, if it's from where I really want to be operating. So as a life coach, I have the absolute gift of walking with my clients as they learn how to uncover their programming and then get to work to the work of choosing what to keep and what to shed, right? And as they move forward in answering the question, who am I? They get to choose how they want to engage then with the human journey and from a place that serves them, honors them, nourishes them, and helps them show up and continue to evolve into the very best human they they can ever even imagine, right? So we live within our programming, our conditioning, our coping mechanisms until something wakes us up. And for me, 
waking up was moving to Guatemala for a year with my crew of six. And in this move, although it was really only 10 months, it turned our world upside down and inside out and in a most beautiful way. And I realized really during that time that I'd been sleepwalking or kind of just following patterns and behaviors and habits and ways of being that served me very well in my life in some ways up to that point. But it also, these things kept me safe and small in other ways. But more on this in a future episode. So I'll touch on that uh, another day. But waking up, my friends, is becoming conscious. It's witnessing our thoughts, our choices, our ways of being, and our patterns. But also witnessing those as separate from who we are. Waking up is facing our childhood and seeing it for the first time from a different lens. Waking up is learning how to become the loving parent to ourselves. And this doesn't mean we didn't have loving parents. In fact, far from it. It just means that our parents are human and they were able to meet certain needs of ours probably beautifully. And then others, maybe not so well, not so much. But no harm, no foul. It's just the work of adulthood to reparent ourselves in the ways that we need to heal ourselves. And then by healing, we free ourselves. And then when we're free, we're able to be and become. Waking up is connection to intuition, to our truths, to new beliefs that we consciously choose, not beliefs we inherited as our own. Okay? I think we go through this cycle again and again to to really a deeper and deeper level of awareness. And for those of you listening, maybe ask yourself where you are in this process for you and what stage you might be. And is there, can you picture or do you have a desire of being somewhere else? And if so, what does that look like? Where is it from point A to point B? What does that look like? And unpack that a little bit. Being in relationship with yourself and learning how to love you is a journey. It's a process. And as you walk this journey, remember not to judge and measure every part of the process, but instead be willing to trust and allow and witness. Healing and loving is the unlearning of self-judgment. It's understanding that the work is a lifelong journey. And sometimes, my friends, we will have moments or days or even weeks where there's you know, fairly smooth sailing. We're, we're, we're in a pretty good place and we're having powerful awareness, right? Consciousness. And we feel confident and connect with ourselves as we navigate our new boundaries, right? Or those things, our new ways of being in the world, things that we've kind of brought to our conscious awareness. But other times we will have intense mental resistance. Our subconscious, right? will marshal a defense, basically, 
It will do everything possible to bring us back to the old patterns, the old ways, the known, the familiar, the efficient. And this is totally normal. This is the brain doing exactly what it's meant to do. And it is all about keeping us safe because when we develop new patterns and ways of being, our brain actually sees this as dangerous because why? It's the unknown. It doesn't understand what is most healthy and nourishing for us as much as it understands and senses what is different. And when something is different, that scene is probably not good because danger could be lurking, right? This mental resistance will force us, temporarily though, to fall out of our habits and our self-care. None of this is good or bad though. It just is. It's good to even be aware that this is a process. All of this serves us, my friends. All of this is part of the journey. It's part of learning how to love you. And all of this gives us feedback, powerful lessons and opportunities to evolve if we give up the strong pull to stay stuck, right? To stay in the familiar and to continue to live on autopilot. You are exactly where you need to be. Know that. But as you learn to trust yourself, something beautiful can take place, and that is you can learn to love yourself. So guys, loving ourselves entails loving and embracing all parts of us, okay? The light and the dark. It's not an either or, it's an and. The truth is we humans have endless parts within us. We have judgment and greed and jealousy and fear and anger and selfishness. And along with these darker parts of us, there's also joy and love and peace, kindness, hope, and spaciousness. None of this means anything beyond the moral judgments, though, that we've been programmed to believe are truth. So I often tell my clients that this journey into learning and knowing and loving all parts of yourself, it's a consistent daily practice. The answers will come. The knowing will come. If you're curious and willing, you will be able to uncover your conditioning your core beliefs, your childhood family dynamics, and the traits that are waiting to be witnessed with love within yourself. This is what it means to be building your relationship with yourself. So as I was pulling this episode together, I was thinking about my client Courtney and the evolution of her relationship with herself and from where she came as a young woman to where she is today, Courtney has made huge strides. And I believe learning how to be conscious and question the many self-limiting beliefs she had on repeat was a key part of her healing and her growth. So until recently, Courtney had operated on automatic pilot, right? Or as she now says, she was sleepwalking through her life. And her earliest condition or conditioning was really running the show. But again, not all of that was bad. And in fact, there was a lot of good. But what she was unaware of was where she was self-sabotaging, 
where she was holding herself back unknowingly based on her beliefs and her coping mechanisms put in place from early on. So if Courtney were to drill down to the heart of her beliefs about herself, at the core was always this belief that she wasn't doing anything really well in her life. She wasn't measuring up. She wasn't good enough. Does this sound familiar (laughs) to any of you? So if you had had put a microphone to Courtney's internal dialogue, the thoughts she had on repeat were along the lines of, I'm not doing enough. I will never measure up. I am not smart enough. I am not organized enough. I don't work hard enough. I'm not driven enough. I'm not thin enough. I'm too emotional. I'm too intense. I need to be more disciplined. So as you can tell, these are very light and airy thoughts that Courtney had on repeat, right? So when she and I started working together and I introduced thought work to her, she focused a lot of her energy on learning how to, number one, uncover these beliefs. Number two, getting more to a neutral and compassionate vision of herself. Okay. So instead of believing that she was not good enough, she just wanted to get to a place where she knew she was enough. She wasn't going for, you know, everything was great and she loved all parts of her and everything was just beautiful, right? She just wanted to be less hard on herself and more accepting, more forgiving. She, as she described, wanted to offer herself more grace. And that, my friends, felt like a big goal for her. And for a while, it really was. Just getting her to a point where she simply stopped the barrage of negative thoughts and allowed for more space and then for more enoughness was key. And with her new awareness, Neutrality became the next possible step. So she sat in this lane for a while and felt pretty good. She really liked the way that she was showing up for her life and how she felt lighter. She wasn't judging herself as much. And as she would say, she was more at peace. And this was all good, right? But she wondered. If this was the best that she could do, or was there another step? And as she said, what else is possible to feel? So I said, well, let's find out, right? Let's find out because we know our feelings are coming from our thinking, our beliefs. So let's continue to cultivate those and see where they take us. So... She began to ask herself questions like, what if you were crazy about yourself? What if you loved yourself so deeply that nothing could shake that feeling? And Courtney describes her brain as being initially very resistant to this idea. But it started to warm up over time. And I think it just became more curious and open to what was possible. So, of course, that helped Courtney be more open to what was possible. She challenged herself to start thinking about 
what her life would be like, how she would feel, how she'd behave, what would be her experience if she believed she was good enough. But not just good enough. What if she truly and deeply loved herself? Right? So guess what? She did this. She let it sink in. She tried it on for size. And she wrote notes to herself. She put sticky notes on her mirrors, on her computer, in her car. And ultimately, she just kept having this dialogue with herself. What would it feel like to truly love me? And this turned out to be a really powerful practice for her because it took her another step closer to the path and on the path of loving herself. So this past week, when she and I spoke, she said that she'd really genuinely gotten to this place where she could say, you know what, I really honor and appreciate me. She said, I enjoy myself. I can laugh at myself easily. I'm not taking myself too seriously. I'm actually having fun. And she said, it's feeling like I'm a little bit in love with me and how God made me. And I am getting better at embracing it all of it, the light and the dark, and not judging any of it. So Courtney committed to doing the consistent daily work, you guys, of examining and questioning the thoughts and beliefs that were on repeat. And she gradually made strides in kind of gently moving her thoughts, laddering her thoughts to something that was just more helpful and useful, but still believable. And this is the important part because our brains are on to us if we go too fast, right? And try to jump from I'm not enough to I love myself and all the things. <laughs> it's just a little drastic and it just doesn't feel believable. So it requires gradual and I like to say kind of granular thought work to get your brain on board and willing to entertain new thoughts. But remember, the, job, the brain's job is to be efficient and stay in the familiar. So what you're doing is you're shifting it just ever so slightly, taking it a little bit out of the familiar, but not so much that it's, it's so unfamiliar, but just enough that it gets it to kind of keep opening a door and opening up new possibilities of thinking. So let's talk about loving yourself and what that looks like, and why it's possible, and not just possible, my friends, but important, and then how to go about cultivating that in your life, right? So a good example of this is my client, B, who is telling me about this friend of hers that she absolutely adored and thought was fabulous. Everything about her made B light up. So I asked her, one day because we were doing this similar kind of work of learning how to love ourselves. And I said to her, you think this friend of yours is absolutely the best. You're just kind of crazy about her, right? And she agreed. And I said, you want to know everything about her and you absolutely love her company. You are all in with her. It's kind of an amazing feeling, isn't it? And she agreed. And I said, well, Having that feeling about yourself is similar. It's seeing yourself in this light. And when you do this, B, you're able to celebrate all of you, all of your qualities. You embrace it all. You give yourself the benefit of the doubt. You take your own side. 
You forgive yourself easily. You have your own back. You see all the things that are beautiful about you. You're compassionate about your shortcomings, your messiness, your humanness, and you don't think that they overshadow your attributes of life or light. There's no conditionality to it. You're all in with you. It's not an either or, it's an and. How amazing does that feel? <laughs> and guess what? B did not take to this very easily because initially she said, there's no way, that is way too far-fetched to think about myself like that. And then she said, and it's delusional to boot. So I said, guess what, B? Nothing can be further from the truth. What's true is that most of our brains are so entrenched in believing that we are not good enough or not something enough. We think that just liking ourselves no matter what would be a problem. It would not be okay. But really, who doesn't like and want to feel that they're loved and they're fabulous and they're beautiful, right? I think the irony in all of this is that most of us spend our lives running around like crazy people trying to get other people to love us and think we're fabulous, right? We believe that we need the outside world to think we're lovable, but for us to think this about ourselves, huh, we believe that would be so hard and impossible and frankly egotistical and wrong. Honestly, though, you guys, if, if you think about this, it doesn't make any sense. So here's your newsflash. You can't control what other people think of you, right? But you want desperately for them to love you and think you're awesome so that you can feel good about yourself. But I see this as outsourcing accountability. This is giving the power to someone outside of yourself to do the work of loving you. That's yours to own, my friends, and it's the most important work you can possibly do. So what if we stepped back, jumped off this crazy train, and just took other people out of the equation? Let them think whatever they want, right? And then you go about thinking and believing that you're loved and fabulous. What about that? If we're being honest, let me just say, I think this is a lot more of a direct and more sane way of being and living in this world. But most of us are opposed to this. There is such strong resistance. And I believe that some of us resist it because it just seems too far-fetched. We're so deep in not feeling good enough that actually liking ourselves, much less loving ourselves, seems beyond the realm of possible. I just want to say that if that is where you are in your journey, it's okay. It's all good. Even feeling neutral about yourself is a really good next step. Remember, it's a multi-step process and it's a forever process, frankly. But being at neutral is an important stage in the journey. And it's okay if that's where you are. Some of us, though, are resisting the idea because we think it's important to criticize ourselves. This is what we know. 
It's likely how many grow up. It seems so important, right? Necessary. But okay, and why? Why would it be important? I think it's because some of us are still believing that shame, harshness, and fear will produce positive change. So we think if we allow ourselves to be how we are, right? God forbid, if we just accept that reality and love ourselves, we'd stop improving. We wouldn't be motivated to change and we'd never be good enough. We believe that we need self-criticism and harshness to motivate ourselves. And this is true for many, okay? You only think you need to improve yourself so that you can feel good about yourself, so that you can actually like or love you. But my friends, get this. The reason you don't feel good about yourself starts with the self-critical thoughts you have, that you need to improve yourself, that you're not okay as you are, right? If you give those up and you choose new ones, softer, still believable ones, but definitely more helpful and useful, you will feel so much better. And as you know from listening to this podcast, negative emotion, like shame and harshness and criticism, these do not produce positive action, right? Interestingly, criticizing yourself just makes you feel worse. And then you act in ways that manifest more of the behavior that you don't even want, that you're criticizing. So this makes me think of my sweet client, Gabriella, who was really good at berating herself for being unmotivated. But when she did this, guess what? It created feelings of shame for her. So then, instead of motivating herself, she would avoid her workouts and check out. Because that's, guess what? What we humans do when we feel ashamed. And then, of course, for Gabriela, she felt even more unmotivated and more ashamed. Okay? Our thoughts, my friends, our beliefs are always self-fulfilling prophecies. So loving yourself, it's not just important because it feels better. It's also so important because it helps you experience what you really want in this life and achieve the things you never imagined were possible. It's truly the opposite of what you think. You think that driving yourself with self-criticism and beating yourself up is the way to motivate yourself and change your life, right? But I am here to tell you, it is the opposite. Again, we've all been sold this belief either in our families and in our society. And I just want to say today and going forward, stop the madness. And dear Gabriella shifted her thought from I am unmotivated and lazy to this new thought, which was sometimes I feel unmotivated and that is okay. When I am feeling unmotivated, I have learned that I need to still take action because on the other side of my action, I feel good. I used to beat myself up when I believed that I was lazy, and now I just know it is my brain keeping me comfortable and safe. I don't engage with my laziness anymore. I don't expect to feel motivated when I need to do something. Instead, I recognize what's at play, and I know the antidote is always action and movement. Well done, right? Gabriella, she's a badass. 
So accountability, dear ones, is self-love. But often we mistake what it is to hold ourselves accountable. Being accountable does not mean becoming the voice of a critical parent we experienced in childhood. It doesn't mean judging ourselves or blaming ourselves or self-shaming. Accountability is the act of becoming conscious, of being aware of our own thoughts and behaviors and how they manifest within our lives. Part of accountability is learning how to speak to ourselves in a loving way. Learning how to love ourselves, all parts of us, right? And knowing that we are human and we misstep sometimes. We screw up. We fall off routine. And we engage in patterns that might not be the best for us at times. And guess what? It's okay. Accountability and self-compassion go hand in hand. Beating ourselves up and shaming ourselves, it's really, my friends, it's self-bullying. And self-bullying only perpetuates cycles of old patterns. So instead, accountability is the path. It's the key to truly loving and caring for yourself. It's, it's the answer to the relationship that I was being asked about early in this episode. How to learn to love and care for me. It was accountability, and that has been my path. And that's been the path for so many of my clients. So speaking of my sweet clients, Claire shared her thoughts along the lines of awareness as accountability. And she said, I've been moving into that place where being present as a witness to what is going on in my body and observing my thoughts has been so helpful. The compassionate and gentle reframing has been balm to my soul. So feeling proud of yourself only works, my friends, when you like yourself, when you love yourself. It's important because number one, it feels terrible to hate yourself, right? But number two, you really can't have the life you want while you hate yourself. You can't hate yourself into the life you want, into feeling proud of yourself, into accomplishing your dreams. It just doesn't work. So how can you start to love yourself? The first step is to open your mind to the idea that the concept is even possible. It is, and I hope in listening to this episode, you now feel that sense of hope within. Every day brings new lessons. My dear client, Alex, sent me a text the other day, and she said, finding you has made it easier to discover and settle in to who I was, who I am, and who I aspire to be. And probably of no surprise. For me, that just made me smile (laughs) from the inside out. It was a beautiful message to receive. And our behaviors are just knowing these things that behaviors are protections. Our words and beliefs can be unlearned and replaced with something more true and beautiful. And our true nature is happy and abundant and loving and badass and free. That's our true nature, my friends. And best of all, I think we as a people are awakening to this truth. I think people are ready for this. Just being being open to the concept is a step in the right direction. So as your homework for this week, 
take out a piece of paper or take out your phone, do an audio memo, whatever it may be. Just sit down with your journal or with yourself and write 50 things that you appreciate about you, okay? I'm not saying love about you. Now, of course, if there are some things you love about you, write those down. <laughs> but for many of you, even to say appreciate is probably a stretch. But give this a try, okay? Think about the things you're good at. <clears throat> Think about your gifts, your strengths. Inspire yourself to focus on the things that you normally don't notice. And there is no wrong answer to this, okay? But I want you to take the time and really dig into this practice. And if today you come up with two or five, that's fine. Tomorrow, add to the list and come up with two or five more, okay? And just to get, get kind of help your wheels start turning for those of you who aren't even sure where to start, I'm going to share some of those that I've written down for myself because I think it always helps to hear what other people what other people write. So for me, I say, I love easily and well. I love to learn. I love a challenge. I am a truth teller. I love style. I love to contribute. I am okay with being wrong. I am intense. I am willing to do hard things. I can hold space for people. I have run two marathons. I birthed four babies. I can fall and get back up. I believe in myself. I love being with my husband. I love time with my kids. I see potential in all. I love the mountains. I do the work to live my best life. I manage my life despite my lack of organization. I played soccer in college. I might not be happy, but I sure love to laugh. I do not view myself as any better than another. I dig my husband. I love all my siblings. I'm crazy about my kids. I adore my friends. I have the best clients in the world. I don't quit. I am at peace with my past. I know how to set boundaries. I'm a lot like my dad. God rest his soul. I love my work. I am not easily offended. I make decisions easily and quickly. I make a mean green chili stew. I love to sing. And I love my life on purpose. Okay, my friends, your turn. What if you looked for evidence of these kinds of qualities in yourself, right? How would your relationship with yourself change? What if you decided that you had your own back and you were crazy about you in all things, in all ways, all parts of you? What would that look like? Self-love is not something you create overnight. But even just thinking about the concept of believing in that love that's possible and that you're beautiful in all of your glory, this will start to prime your brain to develop that belief system. Okay? Let me tell you, once you believe you are something wonderful, something worthwhile, and that you have that knowing that your relationship with yourself is at the heart of all your other relationships and it colors and shapes your experience on this human journey in a most enormous and significant way, know that in every moment, if you choose to stay conscious, you get to choose what you think, how you feel, 
and who you are in this life. And when you do this, my friends, the whole world opens up for you. Okay, my friends, this is it for now. I love you guys always until next week. Be curious and be open, be compassionate, be awesome, be badasses, and try this loving yourself on for size. It's worth it, and so are you. All right, until next week. Having a life coach can sweeten the often messy and hard and awesome journey of being human. Do you have a life coach? And if not, I would be so privileged to be your coach. I have a private coaching practice for individuals and families where we work on getting to the heart of your struggles and paving a path forward that helps you create a life that you truly love. When you're prepared to take what you're learning on this podcast and implement the tools and techniques so that you experience profound and lasting results, then contact me at martabrummel.com and we can hit the ground running. I truly cannot wait to work with you.